Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to On Point. This episode, I sit down with the Lethal Podcast guys, go over setups and kind of how they arrived at their arrow setups and what they're using this year and uh, kind of talk about what happened to the uh, budget bow. Where did it go? What happened? Uh, what am I moving to? And uh, just turned out to be a really good, fun episode about talking about setups and uh, just kind of want to keep everybody updated with the budget build. So uh, outside of that, it was a fun episode. Appreciate uh, the Lethal Podcast, guys. Be sure to go check them out, the Lethal Podcast. And uh, they're on all platforms. You can listen to them. They're very in-depth, very knowledgeable guys. And uh, if you haven't yet, be sure to check out the YouTube video. The Broadhead video is up, and this is part one. There'll probably be three parts, but this is the largest Broadhead test ever performed. And the first video is officially up. Next video should be out in a couple days. But um, just type in uh, the largest broadhead test ever ever performed or type in my name, Garrett Weaver. You'll find the video. It's pretty easy. And uh, check it out. Let me know what you think. I kind of broke down the uh, the video, more of a in-depth video than what the Born and Raised guys did. It's definitely two different styles of videos there. And uh, very excited to see what you guys think. So without any further ado, this is Arrow Setups and what happened to the budget bow. And hope you guys enjoy. I'll see you in the end. Let's go ahead and get some introductions here. Uh, I'm Starting Matt. with Matt. There you go. Yeah, that's <laughs> me. I'm Matt. Uh, I'm in Kansas City. I don't know. Do you want... What, what do we want? Do you want like our favorite ice cream or toothpaste <laughs> or something like that? You can give me the whole shebang. Okay. Yeah. It just uh, <laughs> a little bit about you and, and, uh, and you guys are all part of the same podcast. So I don't need three. I'm from the Lethal Podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. We're all, we're all from Lethal Lethal Podcasts. Uh, now we might say it just to be obnoxious. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, Matt Baum. I'm, uh, I live in Kansas City. Uh, I grew up hunting whitetail and turkey. It's still what I hunt. I uh, eventually aspire to start hunting out west when I get some health issues figured out in my guts. Mm. Uh, that's no, yeah, that's no fun. Um, I work in uh, big data and IT, so I stare at spreadsheets quite a bit and like to absorb data and understand what's happening with it. So, yeah, that's me. Perfect. Well, you're gonna like those charts I sent you then. Yeah, oh, yeah. dude, you have you have no idea. Like <laughs> spreadsheets, like yeah. do it do it for me. I'm telling you. All right, let's not get too into that, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> I I'm not going any further. All right. Well, uh, I'm Rob Hummel. Uh, guess been uh bow hunting for most of my adult life not uh much growing up but uh i guess my background is uh engineering and design um and uh i guess now i've helped run an archery shop for like five six years and now i have my own little business um and like matt i have dreams of going to big and beautiful places uh primarily i guess alaska is probably first on the list for next year and uh Mm. hopefully africa in uh two to three so where at in africa are you looking to go um there's a couple of different places i guess on the potential list um depending on who specifically i end up going with and Mm. what the the animal list turns into Hmm. um but we're lucky enough to be plugged in with some some pretty good guys very plugged into the african hunting community so yeah perfect yeah there's some options there so 
Mm. Yeah, we went there. If you, if you have any questions, I'm not an expert, but we went there last April um, and killed some stuff and had a, had a fun trip, and I could tell you some do's and don'ts while, while you're there. Mm-hmm. So, kind of learn from our mistakes kind of thing. Always appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> but right. Garrett Fairchild. Yep, Garrett Fairchild, the yeah. other Garrett. <laughs> uh, I could be I, the other Garrett. I don't care. Well, you're the first Garrett now because we're That's on true. your show. That's true. That's right. <laughs> and you had a podcast first, so That's <laughs> you can be Did Garrett it. number one. I okay. guess you got dibs on Garrett. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> uh, I live in Tigard, Oregon, so I'm one of those Portland hunters, I guess. But Son I grew up. <laughs> I grew up in Ohio uh, hunting whitetail. I didn't care much for turkeys because we didn't have them. Wrong. <laughs> we, Wrong. We just didn't have them. They weren't there. Huh. Uh, but now I live out here and hunt elk primarily and deer as a side project for elk. Hmm. Uh, and bear. Yeah, bear. And bear. Yeah. yeah. Gotta have start you gone hunt. this year yet? Uh, for bear? For yeah. fall bear? Yeah. Uh, we went scouting last weekend, but more scouting, less bear hunting. So actually, oh. I, I carried, I packed a rifle around like an idiot. Which was not a good idea because we went a good ways, but you never know. Well, I was uh, when we scheduled this thing. I'm like, shit, you know, like I gotta prioritize the podcast in front of bear hunting right now because I need the content like super oh, bad. Man. But it's bear season. Yeah. But I can look at my look out my window and I can see pretty much where I bear hunt, and uh, it's like this hundred foot tall fog bank just coming over the mountain. I'm like, mm. well, I'm perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So it is a good day to be podcasting. We'll put it that way. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. No loss. But uh, so I, I invited you guys on because um, you guys are, are very similar into the same kind of stuff I'm into. But you guys probably even a little bit more um, into the weeds and in in areas of, of archery that I haven't hit yet. And and uh, really love what you guys are doing with your podcast. So I wanted to come on, have you guys on, and talk about setups and why you guys are going with what you're going because it's a pretty unanimous thing with you guys. Because the Lethal Podcast is a bunch of guys that kind of didn't know each other, right? Yeah. We, and then we th- through Facebook. Facebook. Yeah, through Facebook, you, you kind of figured out that you guys all agree and, and have really dove in deep into this stuff. And then now you have a podcast together, which I think is really cool. So, But I don't get to talk to guys that nerd out as much as I do very often. So, um, And you guys might, might be on a whole other level of, of, of the nerding out. So, Welcome to the nerd party. Yeah. yeah. No, no kidding. So, um, so well, I, you, you, you brought the spreadsheets. So. I, <laughs> that's going to be a quote. That'll, <laughs> that'll be the name of the, the podcast. Um, but, yeah, so I, I did provide you guys with uh, – so we'll probably do two episodes, I'm guessing, one for broadheads, right? Yeah, uh, yep. which we will talk about here after this podcast is over, which is where the spreadsheets come in. But this is kind of a I want to talk to you guys about how you've arrived at your arrow setups, your bow setups, what you guys are using and why. And then because uh, I've had light arrow, I haven't had very many light arrow guys. I've had uh, high FOC guys, uh, screw FOC guys, heavy arrow <laughs> guys, medium arrow guys. I have a light arrow guy coming um, and then just kind of seeing how you guys all arrived at the same kind of arrow design and stuff like that kind of says volumes to why. And so, uh, I guess I'm shooting, you guys can judge me off of my setup right now. I'm shooting 495 grains at about a 14% FOC, probably a 14%, maybe 15%. Um, and that's the heaviest arrow I've ever shot for hunting. 
Um, Solid I've, setup. Yeah, I've, I've shot um, 457 grains the last couple of years. Before that, I was 420. It seems the, the more I hunt, the longer I, I, I shoot. And honestly, I like being around 457 more. Um, but the, the more I hunt and the more I grow in the archery, the heavier I get. Um, how did you guys arrive at your setups? Whew. Wow. <laughs> um, well, well, even, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I would like to point out, and, I, and I'm, I'm, I, God, I hope we have agreements that, well, agree, agree to, agree to disagree, I guess, that even, even within the three of us, we have three very different setups. Oh. Like, like, uh, yeah. even though we are all of the same mindset, uh, uh, I think, you know, the game we're pursuing, uh, um, the style of hunting that we do, um, uh, even though we're all proponents of the same thing, we have three incredibly well, different and setups, varying comfort levels. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. That, so that basically, plays what I'm a saying is part just, of it. Yeah, Garrett's not as good of a shot as us, so that's why he has to go with lighter arrows. <laughs> hey. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. No, Garrett, Garrett's, though, Garrett's, Garrett's probably the best shot out of all of us. I, w- I would, I would. I bet. don't know. I didn't. Unless I get an elk in front of me, apparently, because I <laughs> missed four of those last year. So you missed four yeah. elk last year. Yeah, I don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're the one that keeps bringing it up. <laughs> you're not gotta, sour about it. I got to be humble at some point. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I don't. You know, I'm. Uh, I didn't really. I didn't have the. Uh, as far as like how how I arrived at my setup, my, I'll I'll give the story like in a really really short fashion because it's not that exciting uh a lot of guys go to heavy arrows because they have a uh, a penetration issue or mm. you know something along those lines or you know they shot a uh a, a, a gosh darn mechanical at a at a deer and it didn't perform the way they wanted it to and that isn't my story at all my story is i was uh deer hunting and a turkey walked up uh and i'm a big turkey nerd so i mean this is the biggest turkey I've ever seen. He was quite I, like I'm not even joking when he. I say he was tripping over his beard, walking hmm. up to me. He was gigantic, and I hadn't taken arrow out of the quiver yet. And I uh, was shooting hypodermics at the time, and every arrow I pulled out of my quiver, it popped the band on oh. all of them. Oh jeez, every single one. And and <laughs> like on the last one, like as I was pulling it out, like the turkey like saw me moving and and bounced out of there. And I quite literally went home and threw away my broadheads and went and bought slit tricks <laughs> the next day. Uh, so, uh, and so that I kind of went away from that. That's what started the the trickle, I guess, of of uh, uh, going into the deep end of uh, of arrow building. And yeah, uh, went from a four hundred ish grain, four hundred twenty five ish grain arrow at the time to uh, four. Yeah, I must. Have, I think I went to 450 to start, and then I went to like 525, and then uh, I'm now I'm somewhere around 625, give or take. Hmm. Uh, so, but yeah, uh, I, I don't I don't know if we have. Well, I'm sure we all have our own reasons, but I don't know if there's been like a a single unifying reason uh, other than uh, shit happens and you know it's it's hunting you can't control the animal you can't control the weather and we just think i just think i guess that uh uh you know i i should have your cards as much in your favor as yeah 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 stack the deck for sure and just trying to comfortable yep yeah uh just trying to 
uh, make it to where if a bad shot happens, whether I suck or the animal moves or a gust of wind or a tree branch jumps in the way, uh, that, you know, we can, we can prevail. So hmm. I, I don't know. What do you, Rob, Garrett, do you have like a, a distinct story, which what would, would well, uh, I mean, make you switch? Mine is, I guess I'm kind of a little bit of an oddball with this because I mean, a lot of the people that I help are coming off of failures you know, that's where, you know, they start searching for some kind of an answer. I got my first bow. I got set up by, you know, the local pro shop, normal arrows, it, you know, speed bow and speed bow for the time. And, uh, I guess with my engineering background, I, kind of automatically went well I, I really don't like these moving blades like give me a fixed blade that just looks better mm-hmm. um but i had this poorly tuned high performance bow with a super light arrow and i shot my broadheads for the first time and watched them just like barrel roll corkscrew down range and went something is very wrong <laughs> and me being, I guess, me, just I dove headfirst into how does this all work? And, like, I know that it, like, from a physics physics standpoint, I'm like, I know that this should fly. Like, something's right. wrong. And so I ended up pretty much taking over everything myself, figuring out how to tune. I built a 500-grain arrow with like 18 percent front of center fixed two blade up front and i killed my first deer that season with no issues and i went well that worked well mm-hmm. and i just kind of snowballed from there as i went from a 500 grain setup uh to snowball indeed <laughs> like uh 650 to a like 730 holy crap to oh, no, we're just getting started don't worry you're at um, 950 i also I, I shoot an 80 pound bow i have a 30 inch draw oh his, so his, his can, nine his 950 is coming in at 240 230 okay yeah like 232 but i mean i can on my single pin or i guess my double pin fast daddy i can still reach 90 yards I mean, oh, wow. I okay. have no issue hunting comfortably to 50, 60. Um, I mean, the, the pig that I shot like a month ago was at 40 yards. So at that point, like the weight's where it's at because of, I guess, what I wanted to build and where, I guess, from testing, I liked the performance of the bow. Um, like the RX one and the RX three, uh, my last two years here, um, both had definite, uh, efficiency jumps between like, uh, like nine and like 11% or nine and 11 grains per pound. Um, and so that's just kind of where I ended up like kind of aiming for that ballpark and, Mm is what it is hmm. but that's where so, it's comfort i'm comfortable with it 
I mean, my with that Fast Eddie double pin, I can literally put my top pin at 20 and using the top of my bubble as my third pin because it's equal distance, I can I have known reference to like 43 yards mm. without moving my sight. So at that point, for me, for my setup, I have no real downside because that's pretty normal gaps for a lot of people. So and it goes 20, 30, and then 40? Yeah. For you? Okay. Hmm. hmm. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so. that's interesting. Do you ever have any problems with um, the trajectory shooting? I mean, you're none of you're shooting 240, so the trajectory is not absolute horrible, but it's it's 40 feet per or let's see, you're 60 feet per second faster than probably a lot of trad shooters, maybe even faster than that. Yeah, I mean, there's a definite yeah. difference between like 230 and 200. Mm-hmm. Um, that's I've went as low as 200 feet per second with a compound, and it's too slow for for me. <laughs> um, yeah. 230 to 240 is actually my comfort zone. Okay. Um, and that's I my hunting style. I unless it's a shot past like 40 yards, I don't move my pin. Um, I know my trajectory, I know my holdovers, and I'm I just I naturally am comfortable with that. Um so I'm not worried about moving my sight all over the place. I I know the flight path and I run with it. Um so as long as I can get to forty in that mindset, it's not too slow for me. Um but I mean, there's, I guess, a lot of other factors because, like, I have a, a lower anchor. I anchor off the corner of my jaw, and I run my mm. sights close to the riser. Both of those tighten gaps, and so it's I set myself up to maximize to, you know, uh, mitigate some of the downsides of lower speed. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Like, I could shoot lighter. It, I just, I don't know. I like it. <laughs> Why not? And you're also, I mean, yeah, you shoot 950 for whitetail, but at the same time, you don't shoot more. You don't usually need to shoot more than 40 yards. No, yeah. yeah. So it doesn't and matter. And that's, I mean, I've made this comment before. Like, I mean, one benefit is, I guess, I'm always tweaking on other people's bows. I'm always... Yeah working on stuff for people and so for me especially with some of the friends and acquaintances that i have throughout the industry and throughout the country and the world if an opportunity presents itself where you know hey you want to fly over here and go on a cull bull hunt or fly to russia or yeah russian boar i actually Mm. already have a guy that that wants me to go over there by the um, way, Garrett, I guess you can you can debut debut this news on on your podcast if you mm-hmm. want. The uh, uh, thank thanks to the Ashby Bow Hunting Foundation, uh, mm-hmm. you can now legally bow hunt in Russia before really? you could not. Yep, yeah. that's cool. Before it was not legal to, and now you can. They, they oh, got okay. some big bears over there. Big I bears. Was, my buddy was just sending me photos of this guy, a customer of his, um, of these big just 
giant bears he's been killing, and then he told me where it was. I was like, yeah, that makes sense. That guy's got some mm-hmm. serious dough to go mm-hmm. with that bear. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Sorry but, to interrupt. Uh, oh, no, so what kind no. of broadhead are you using now, then? Um, I guess I play with a bunch of different stuff. Um, okay. So I guess for my compound setup, um, RX-3, 80-30, uh, about 950 at 230 feet per second. Um, and my uh, primary broadhead, I'll say, is the uh, Grizzly Stick Alaskan 200. Mm. Um, and Small head, really. It is. Yeah, and that's, I mean, width-wise, it's the same as most stuff that I run. It's an inch and an eighth. Inch and an eighth, yeah. Um, but one thing that I like with that one and this is partly because of the setups that I'm, that I'm running. Um, I have a lot of force. There's a lot of momentum there. There's a lot of kinetic energy there. And so at impact, there is a lot of there's the potential for a lot of stress. Um, with that, I tend to one prefer convex type blades, mm-hmm. uh, just to reinforce that tip. And I don't like super long blades um, because it's just additional leverage against my shaft. Um, and I mean, I've got adequate force to make up the little bit of efficiency difference between the two. Um, but I guess that's, on- there, that's one of the big differences between Rob and Garrett and I, but we use longer, much longer broadheads than Rob does. Yeah. You guys well, go for the three to one mechanical or what advantage? Kind uh, of kind of. We can talk about it. Yeah. So, I have kind of both ends of the spectrum though, because the flip side of all this is my longbow, which I'm gonna be taking in the woods this fall for whitetail. I already got a pig on it, um, but that's a 76 pound, like hill style longbow, um, drawn to 29 three quarter. And that is, I just tweaked it and re, rebuilt those actually tonight. Um, but those are 741 grains and uh, like 28% front of center. Hmm. Um, and that has a three to one. Uh, it's a 225 tough head on the front, direct bond. Oh, stealing my idea. And <laughs> <laughs> stealing your thunder mat. No, um, not mine. I, I, I got that, so. I got mine bloody. So, um, but that's you know again it's a heavy bow, right. but that's at 130 feet per second. I am glacial. I have like <laughs> no Make force at all. Like I'm I'm at like I'm in like the point fours for momentum. And I, huh. I want to say I'm around like 25 foot pounds. I, I was going to say you're probably 25 foot pounds, like, 20, 25 to 30. Yeah. So a, gra- a groundhog arrow. <laughs> right. <laughs> but with that, I mean, I have plenty of mass. And like, I guess my goal with that one was to just kind of end up around 10 grains per pound in that ballpark. Um, but with that, I'm wanting to maximize. And. With the force, I'm not worried about, you know, the the tip of that three-to-one style head. And that's, I mean, 
I'm I'm not worried with with even most like 60 70 pound compound guys running normal weight arrows or normal for me five to six seven hundred grains but it's just you know the kind of complete opposite end of the spectrum as far as what uh that shaft is having to go through mm. yeah garrett well that leaves me uh i actually got into what i shoot now because i moved to oregon so grew up in ohio a white tailor i mean if you ask me white tailor one of the easiest animals to kill yeah as far like if you hit them with an arrow somewhere in the chest cavity they're going to die might not find them if you run out of land but they're gonna die they're not (laughs) they're just soft animals um well black tail are probably even easier than that they're sketchy little guys though yeah twitchy yeah uh but so i always I, i worked at a bow shop through college for four years and then another year after that at a field and stream store as archery tech but i always shot not always but i went from anywhere from i've shot deer with 350 grain arrows up to well before i moved here i think the heaviest i shot was 440 Hmm. and that was with a carbon injection but i was shooting mechanicals that whole time i didn't but then i moved here and we couldn't shoot like you can't shoot mechanicals but i also didn't want to because for elk i just don't trust them like everything is bigger and i did lose one deer that i shot and i hit it hit it in the shoulder so that's on me but shot it with Mm -hmm. a rage i lost that deer died i found it later but i you know just shoulder bladed it i ran out of real estate to find it so um and then yeah moved here and i don't even know how i came across valkyrie but i somehow came across that system and i was gonna be building some sort of a high foc heavyweight arrow anyway so i was just like Mm -hmm. well this is pretty easy. I can just buy these components and slap them together. But turns out I really like the system. So, but you right, know, yep. I, so I was shooting the longer ones, the fold, the regular jaggers. Now I've switched to the the short jags primarily just because it's going to really be stronger. Like the way those look. Oh yeah, man, it, it's it going like to be a, a lot stronger. I, I haven't bent one. Like I've pegged a rock a couple times, just square and mm-hmm. a little bit of tip curl. But other than that, it was fine. Uh, my buck that I shot last year, I just barely clipped the leg bone or the humerus, I think maybe, but I bent one of the blades on one of the vented 200 grain heads, which they don't make anymore. I'm assuming for that reason, cause they yeah, vented heads are weaker. Right. Um, but yeah, so switch to 180 grain short jags for this year. So hopefully those are pretty bomb proof. They should be, I mean, but we'll see. Um, yeah, I had a buddy but, shoot through a moose um, leg, front leg, right above the knuckle, mm-hmm. um, it, and Jack Jack Lander, and he got all the way in and killed that that bull. But he went yeah. through. He went the hard way. We'll put it that way mm-hmm. uh, with, <laughs> yeah. with with the Valkyrie system, and and uh, that was pretty impressive. It and everything was still, I think everything was still good. He might have broke yeah. his arrow. Yeah. But um, Valkyries ain't no joke. Yeah, one, no, like I I like the legit. heads. The one thing I did change for this year is, so last year I was shooting the X-Impact, 
but when I shot my buck, the shaft snapped with about like the back eight inches or so snapped off. And, you know, talking to Brent, he'll, he told me that like the front half is not likely to break. Like, you know, the first eight inches isn't likely to break, but he's seen the back half snap a lot with just those light GPI arrows. So I sacrifice some FOC this year and I'm shooting a deep impact instead for just a more robust shaft. Cause I can shoot them just as well. Yeah. But I don't want my shaft to break. So you have this I'm bulletproof control. system, but then you put a skinny arrow on there. Yeah. A... So I'm still shooting a micro, <laughs> but it's like the wall thickness is, I think it's nine it's thousandths thick. thicker. Mm. Yeah. Which is like holding them side by side. It's a like visual difference. You're like, oh, okay, yeah. I, I understand. <laughs> yeah. The only thing I, I, <laughs> don't like about the valkyrie is probably their cult following (laughs) (laughs) that's my my biggest snag with you're not wrong it's like man it's like it's almost it's uh it's like a better informed zeus following (laughs) you know what i'm saying but the valkyries actually work it's yeah well yeah except the valkyrie actually (laughs) was a good choice yeah um and, and i don't mean to bash on anybody there but um like when we were testing okay, you, and everything, you can, bl- you can blame it on us. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it just, I don't know. Like we were doing some testing and, and, um, it just, I just had some guys being silly. Like, why aren't you testing the, uh, uh one of them's local to you. And, and, uh, just I'm like, well, we're testing arrow or uh, broadheads, not arrow component systems. So mm-hmm. that would be why. <laughs> and, and he's, I got just, all upset. They got all upset that you weren't testing the Valkyrie system. Right. Yeah. Oh, the, you just were testing using, the head wasn't good enough. You were so. using the day six system with the blood Eagle, right? We, yeah, we were. Yeah. So that's a, I mean, that's a good system to screw the blood Eagle onto. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, and <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, man. It just, it's just people get so blue team, red team, you know, yeah. tribal with, you get tribal with anything. It could be a soccer team to a broadhead to, yeah whatever and and i just don't fall into those traps i'm 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 on team tribal what works you know mm-hmm. i guess you know yep and and valkyrie works it's a good head great material yep. um like you said the shafts might be the weak link in that you know what they come with uh the, the lighter gpi yeah. shaft there's workarounds for it though for sure yeah yeah, yeah. uh so <laughs> what i guess what are what are the the ones that you guys are steering people clear of? Because we we joke around about the Zeus and and um, you know they did penetrate a lot better than a lot of the mechanicals, but that's because the Zeus isn't really a mechanical. It's it's a uh, <laughs> yeah. it's a mechanical that's not a mechanical. It's yeah, yeah I, I, it's almost in a realm of its own because it's it's the only one I know of that has freaking springs in it. Um, uh, the veteran, veteran does. Veteran has yeah. springs too. Yeah. Good guy. Yep. yeah. But the veteran <laughs> is actually a mechanical. It stays closed in flight, opens when it impacts. Well, the Zeus is the opposite. Yeah. Stays open in flight, right. and closes on impact. <laughs> it, it's it, it's uh, honestly, those two are two sides of the same coin. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, and I guess that's where there was also some uh, shade being thrown around between oh, uh, there was, those two there companies. There was serious shade happening when, um, that, when that released. But. The veteran the, uh, is the essentially a fixed Zeus? head. Is what you're talking about? What, what, yeah, what yeah, Zeus, yeah. Zeus and, and veteran. We're, we're getting in a pissing match or something. Yeah, because people of who design. are involved. Yeah, people who are involved with both companies or individuals who were one were involved with Zeus, one were involved with veteran. Mm. Uh, were um, 
uh, upset with each other, I guess you could say. That happens a lot (laughs) in the broadhead industry. More than you would think. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. And the more I start sticking my head up out of the sand, you know, it's like, okay, that guy's pissed off at that guy because he stole this. (laughs) It's funny because, for one, so many people have no idea what patents are actually out there. Because yeah, yeah, like these companies that have been around for for eons have just hundreds of patents that they've never brought to market, and so you're looking yeah. at something going, oh man, no one's ever done this before. No one's done this, and yeah, you go out it. and yep. get sued. You know, you submit. <laughs> yep. You know, yep. you know, pay royalties for your patent, and you start selling stuff, and then all of a sudden you find out that oh. Oh, that's someone else's design. They've already done that. And now if that company wants to to really throw its weight around, it's going to go, okay, either you stop or you pay us. Right. Yeah. You know? That's, that's why I yeah. always laugh with all the new bow designs coming out is like, Darton owns so many of the patents. <laughs> yep. yep. <laughs> like, Dart, the Evolve Dart cam. doesn't need to make bows anymore. <laughs> no, they don't. No, no, they no. don't even, like, they don't market anything. They're just yeah. like, yeah, we're living well off of these royalties. Yeah, pretty but, much. Like, the Evolve everybody. cam is the same cam system minus the high let off as the uh, the DS cam or whatever. And then, know you know, Matthews is similar with their... Yep their floating yoke or whatever that yeah so they, they own the yoke system that matthew uses yeah, yeah. really like yeah. every if you start looking like you start finding the like, like oh this was taken patterns, from here yeah. this was taken from here mm-hmm. but yeah same thing with broadheads there's how long have broadheads been around and like you can only get a certain you know certain shapes are only going to be made into broadheads because that's how the like certain angles and everything that's how they work yeah right, so right, you, right. you know like a you look at a tooth of the arrow and a slick trick, they're very similar in blade angle and all that, but one's machined out of straight metal. Like right. and yep. the other one is replaceable blades. Yep. Well, um I guess to well, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. I was gonna I, I was gonna say away. to to answer your to answer your question for like what we steer people away from, I think that was the original question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We right. went down a rabbit okay. hole. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, we're turning it and turning it into our podcast. Said Zeus and everybody nothing. everybody saw <laughs> black. Nothing, <laughs> nothing but uh my rabbit holes. Um I, you know, we really just try and steer people away from broadheads that we think are going to break or have a higher pop probability of breaking, to be yeah. honest. Like whether you shoot uh, you know, I, I guess uh, apparently there a lot of people think that we are just like Ashbyites, like 650, 19%, like three to one ratios. And if you don't do those three things, like you shouldn't even go to the woods. When don't that's, forget about that, a single bevel now. Yeah, and a single bevel when like that's not true. Uh, <laughs> really, we are, like you said, like we're pro, we are, we're team what works and what yeah. works often. Uh, yeah. And, and real, like, I guess when when we start steering people away from things, there are very, 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 very few mechanicals that we are even like comfortable with saying like, eh, like you could do this, I guess. Maybe. And then and then when when we talk about those mechanicals, they're typically uh, not super wide opening mechanicals, or like inch and a half to inch and three quarter. And at that point, you can shoot a fixed blade that's that big. And it's not like a really big deal, so right. mm-hmm. I, I don't know. We're but we're I guess we steer people away from stuff that'll break, stuff that's low quality 
steel uh, that won't hold an edge well. Uh, yeah, I mean that's I mean we just don't want stuff to break. That's yeah. that's really it. Because if you look at when, when integrity you, is our main yeah. focus, like yep, when, when you, you look at the Valkyrie system, you look at how Rob builds like Rob shoots well, Rob and both Matt shoot uh, Grizzly stick arrows. So that's a good. No, I don't. Like, no, oh, I you don't. don't. No, you I didn't mean, have, I have TDTs. Some. Yeah, well, yeah, I do have TDTs, but okay. I'm not I'm not hunting with them. I am using another tapered arrow that I can't, well, we can't talk say about that. <laughs> I, I can't say too much about it. But, Anyways, but uh, like the yeah. the main thing is yeah, our main focus is things that don't break. And when you make something that is gonna not break, it ends up being heavy, and you usually end up having a fair amount of FOC. Yeah, right. That's where yeah. that comes from. Yeah, the, the the best way I read it, somebody made this comment the other day, and and after after reading it, I'm like, I'm gonna steal that and use it. But you know, building building a really good arrow and in, in component system or putting it together foc is basically just a a result of that it's, it's a not something it's people just a would byproduct. For. Yeah. yeah byproduct and and after thinking about my setups it's like you know that is absolutely 100% true with yep. my experience and i you know i get guys you know and i've said this a few times on my podcast i get guys messaging me you know am i am i ethical i'm using this 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 you know, I, I'm worried about going out with and not being ethical with my FOC. It's like, you know, yeah. am I partially responsible for having this conversation? Am I in any way, shape, or form making people feel unethical? And, and I think there's been a lot of podcasts that talk about FOC. But, you know, I went out and killed stuff without measuring FOC for a lot of years. Never, oh, yeah. I've gotten pass-throughs on 99% of the things I've killed. I can't think of a... When's the last thing I didn't pass through I, that I didn't? I mean, I, we, 410 grain arrows going 260. Long, long time ago. That's as fast as I could shoot. That was an axis with a 100 grain head, 16 grain insert, right? Yep. You're probably eight percent. Yeah, I was. I was. I was. I was. Uh, I think just over eight percent is where yep. I was at. And even you know, I, I don't care. If people know. I was shooting uh, out. You know, deer out to 72 yards, getting pass throughs. My arrow was sticking in the dirt on the yep. opposite yep. side, and that's with. You know, that's a long time ago, but that's with t- shooting 20 feet, 20 to 25 feet per second slower. And that's with a 6% less FOC, 7% less FOC that I'm shooting currently. It's like, you know, well, how, how into the weeds and, and, and how, I don't know. I guess, I, I guess I'm struggling with promoting certain, I, I don't really promote, I, like you guys said, I promote what works, but I, I'm finding that I'm getting really good aeroflight flight with, with a 14% FOC. And and I've I shouldn't say this I've never well, there's nothing a, saying you can't have good arrow flight regardless. Yeah, I've had yeah, good arrow flight know. with five percent FOC. Yeah. Oh sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. you yeah. know, totally. like I don't know, man. No, I can so for uh, our, we talk about sorry, Rob. Go oh ahead. yeah, um, I guess what I was gonna say is like we we all know. I, I guess I would I would think that we all know that pretty much any arrow can and has worked yep um i mean any broadhead that's on the market has worked i mean that's there's a reason that someone thinks that it's the next best thing is that they saw it work and they went wow this is great now it's for me it's a matter of probabilities it's, I know that, like, say for whitetail, I know that a 400 grain arrow with 
whatever broadhead at whatever low FOC can and does kill stuff every year. But I also know that there's a lot of failures with those setups if the shot doesn't go exactly as planned. So as you try and, I guess, improve your odds, stack the deck in your favor. Mitigate the risks, yeah. You're going to start looking at certain things to guide those improvements, right? Where I think a lot of people get hung up is like if we look at like the 12 factors you have these benchmarks for hey if you hit this number this is the the you know the percent increase that was documented throughout the testing if you hit this number or you do this this was you know where there was a significant change and people get a little hung up on that and then like just like find focus on on oh, I have to hit this like if I don't hit that number then it doesn't you know then I didn't you know succeed and that's, that's where I can see a lot of guys get like that's where we start to get pushback too is like yeah you know the guys are like well I shot light arrows forever and yeah like you said I've never not I've only not had a pass through that one deer that I lost and then another one with all the mechanicals that I shot deer with I had never didn't have a pass through other than two and one was because I skewered both shoulder blades and with that, a 350 grain arrow thing it, is it poked out the other side it, but like it will work it and it will be successful <clears throat> until it isn't right that's what I always you know say and that, like, it'll work until it doesn't and, and I for don't a lot of guys that if it's working, why fix what isn't broken? That's yep, that's yep. the mentality. Now, some people want to make a change because they see the writing on the wall and they're like, it's just a matter of time before either I make a mistake or that animal does something I'm not expecting. But the thing that I stress to a lot of people that I deal with is that improvement is improvement. I don't, you know... In the back of my head, am I thinking about some of those numbers and where we might want to be for different animals? Yes, 100%. But I'm, you know, what I'm telling to people and what, you know, we're focusing on is, okay, where are you at right now? And now let's go, okay, what if we just did a more efficient broadhead? Hmm. You know, I mean, going from something with a, a 0.5 mechanical advantage to something with a two mechanical advantage can 400 percent increase, <laughs> right? I mean, it, it's a significant change in how your force is being utilized. So at that point, you don't necessarily need to change your arrow weight, your front of center, anything. But by simply changing the broadhead and utilizing the force that you have in a more efficient manner you can see drastically better results. And that typically just leads to a cascade of guys getting curious and going, okay, well, if that worked that well, what about a little more weight? What about a little bit of this? And next thing you know, it's like what we do where we go, okay, this is the broadhead that I want. I want a tough component to pair it with. 
and now I want a tough shaft that complements, you know, the rest of it. And then you look at the numbers, you go, oh, look at that. I have a heavy arrow and I have good front of center. Yep. It's like, okay, cool. Like you start at the front, you focus on integrity and it all kind of cascades from there. You know, it's. <clears throat> I, I I think that at least for me, the whole FOC argument for um, why would I use more FOC when what I've been using works um, uh, I mean, well, first off, like Rob said, like if it's, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Like keep doing it. And then typically the people who have a lot of pass throughs with lower front of center, uh, if you look at the common denominator, there's normally a good amount of skill there. And those guys are typically pretty good shots. Yeah. Uh, um, but to me, it all comes down to percentages. And even if you look at, uh, Dr. Ashby's, uh, studies, um, if you, if you actually dig into them, Dr. Ashby had a lot of penetration success with lighter arrows, but when he started shooting heavier arrows and finding heavier front center and, and the 650 grain threshold and stuff like that, the percentages on being able to breach that heavy bone skyrocketed. So even within his own studies, he shows like, yeah, this can definitely be done with lighter arrows. Yeah. It's just a lower chance of it happening. Right. Well, and that's a uh, lot of and, them. It was simply a matter of, you know, if, if we're in this lighter set, you have, uh, you know, less than 50% or near 50% rate of, of breach and lethal penetration. Whereas if you do this, you're near 100. So it's like, well, I mean, how many times can you flip a coin and get the, the right answer? Right. Some people <clears throat> just have that luck. Yep. And they sit there and keep flipping and flipping and flipping, and it's always heads. And sooner or later, that ratio is going to play out, right? Right. It's not that it well, doesn't work. It's My thing with with the whole Ashby thing is that, number one, it was done with, with trad stuff, and so we're... Mm. we're he he used uh, that's that's another uh, <laughs> thing. He used, he used uh, compounds and crossbows as he, well. He did, but... I think he started focusing more on, and I could be wrong, but he was getting passers on everything with, with the compounds and and the trads, wasn't he? And then so he started noticing the, because you're magnifying the differences because you're you're using a weaker setup with a trad. So he started focusing on that. Well, is that wrong? He started with trad, because that's what was predominant. That's what he shot. back in the eighties. Yeah. Right. But on everything he was shooting, he, he was getting pass-throughs with, with the compounds and the, and the crossbows. Towards I'm, I'm the, I guess, towards the later studies, like the 2008 report, um, because of how fine-tuned the builds were getting, I mean, mm-hmm. the further you go down this rabbit hole, the more that you start locking in for factors mm-hmm. where you're, you're like... Towards 2008, he was focusing on EFOC, UFOC, and so he was running, you know, 650 grain arrows. He had mm-hmm. the integrity figured out. He was utilizing the same high-efficiency broadheads, and now he's playing with varying levels of extreme and ultra front of center. And right. so he's fine-tuning, okay, how does this affect things? Is there more gain is there any other big changes 
and so he's using the most effective setup that he's ever built and now fine-tuning it. Okay. And at that point, yes, on <clears throat> big game, he was seeing a bonehead, a broadhead pass-through. Now, with the type of data that he was collecting, if that broadhead exits the body, and that's pass-through is not saying the arrow passed through. If the broadhead exits the body, that's lost data because right. he was tracking the depth, the duration of penetration, and so that maximizes at the maximum width of the animal. If I have something that went further than the maximum width, now I don't know what that value is, right? Mm-hmm. And so at that point, he started turning back, and that's where, like, in like the last uh, part of the 2008 updates he was like playing around with okay i'm going to take a 40 pound longbow and then i'm going to take an 80 pound longbow and i want to see what the difference is to you know look at the argument of you need to shoot this high energy bow right mm-hmm. but beyond 2008 the last you know 11 years, 11 years. Yeah. that has primarily been compounds and crossbows yep there's Um, been there's what do they have on their current i mean i'm not i'm not giving exact numbers but i think they've got over 1500 animals 1800 animals i want to say it's somewhere yeah somewhere between 15 and 2000 animals on their on their current database uh the the ashby bow hunting foundation has been keeping track of and they have uh, basically all but conclude like reconcluded i guess that Doc was right the first time. Oh, really? That nothing okay. has changed. Yeah. With, Nothing's changed. Yeah, you know, the bows huh. because it's it's time of impulse, and I, I, won't, I won't get like super into it. But it's it's basically the amount of uh, and once again, not saying you have to shoot six hundred fifty grains to be successful, but or or like a super high front of center to be successful. But uh, the the heavy bone threshold. So basically, what has to happen is when you press on a bone. Uh, uh, I mean, I, I hate podcasts because they can't see they can't see the video that I'm doing. When you press on a bone, it has to have enough energy, enough mass behind it to push on it for a certain amount of time, time of impulse before it breaks. Hmm. And and so if, if people want to look up time of impulse, then well, he he does a way better job of explaining yeah, that than I do. Essentially, mass is your conservation factor. So if you've right. got X force, the more mass you have, the longer that it's preserve pushing yeah. and the less you know force that is being shed while you're under resistance and so once you hit a hard object you need to have enough you know conservation of force to overcome any of the flex any of the movements so like on a bone you have to take up any of the muscle slack any of the tendon slack the flex of the bone and now you can finally try and push through it. So that makes sense. Yeah. It's like, you know, picture standing on a trampoline and you take a bowling ball and a basketball and you drop both. The bowling ball is going to continue pressing on that trampoline and exerting its force longer before it, it rebounds. The basketball is gonna push a little bit and then just come right back up. Hmm. And it's that's a good just, way of looking at it. 
it's how the mass is affecting the you know the duration that the force can be applied but it's not saying that a light arrow can't breach it's you know right. that 650 like matt said before is simply a consistency factor of looking at you know if if you have 19% if you have a near 3 to 1 head if you're around 650 or more if your flight is perfect nothing breaks then you have a near 100% chance of breaching bone. Mm-hmm. Now, the majority of guys aren't hitting all of those, right? They're flexing on certain things. And so... I'm not I'm not hitting all of those. Yeah, and that's... Close. I mean, we all have little variations, and, I mean, depending on how, uh, you know, OCD you are with flight and, you know tuning and everything else there's a lot of other factors at play i mean wind can can affect your flight if you have a big gust of wind and the arrow doesn't hit square guess what i don't care what the arrow is it's not going to perform the same way yep and so it's just i mean like what we normally kind of fall back on is shoot the toughest heaviest system that you're comfortable with you know, that's like, I mean, Garrett, like with, or I guess Garrett two, um, <laughs> like what you're running is, you know, as heavy as you are comfortable for the ranges that you're planning to hunt. Right. What was that's, your setup, Garrett? Uh, it's around 550. 550. So, but I'm getting, I have to crown on my bow still, but I'm somewhere 270, 275, I think with that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's I, I like to stay above 265 just because I'm familiar with that 265 to 280 trajectory. You know so, it. You're comfortable yeah. with it. Right? See, that's where I'm that's, at. It's 280, 285. Yeah. Been hunting with it for so many years. I know where to aim. I know how to compensate. I know right. what the wind's going to do to my arrow. I, I know everything about the trajectory of that arrow because I've shot it for so long. I mean, and it God. can be a big change trying to go to a different setup. That's my biggest, yeah, you know, hurdle. and it's, it's honestly, when, when you've been running the same thing for years, mm-hmm. you need a reason to change, right? right. Either that reason is going to be failure or it's going to be, uh, uh, outside of the norm animal that dictates you change it. And now you reevaluate and you force yourself to become comfortable to be confident for that animal. Right. right. I mean, like my 950 build, I'm comfortable. I mean, I've shot that at 3D tournaments, and I've shot that out to 80, 90 yards alongside guys shooting 400 grain arrows, and I'm fine with it. Now, if I went out west, would that be my perfect setup? Probably not. I would probably try and figure out something that was... You know, somewhere closer to like 700 that was still as tough as I want, but would tighten things up so that I, I could be more on the fly between like 35 and 60 or 70. Like I'm still, even with my setup, I'm very comfortable at those ranges, but I wouldn't have a lot of loss performance wise, I guess 
I would just be getting a little bit more comfortable for expected longer ranges, right? And, like, if I was going to go after, like, antelope, I would probably use a different setup. Just because they're skittish, tiny little buggers that you don't know when or where your opportunity is going to be. And it's not a big animal, so I'm not stressing about the weight, right? Right. It's, I mean, I could take my 500 grain 3D build, slap a, a, you know, broadhead on it, and I could go out and do, you know, great with that. But just like you said, it's where you're comfortable. Right. That's I've been around 230 to 240 feet per second since I started shooting for hunting. Like, I've played around faster for 3D, but hunting, I've always been in that range. And so when I, when my bow weight started going up and I started getting better and heavier bows, I just kind of naturally kept it in that spot. Right. That's what I know. Something I found interesting with myself, so for... Th- for the Northwest Mountain Challenge, I was shooting like a 430 grain arrow. So that would put me at like 310, 315 or something out of my bow. And then for the Eastern Oregon Super Shoot, I switched to my hunting setup because I'm, you know, I wanted to see how it would shoot. Um, I couldn't use a rangefinder at the Eastern Oregon Shoot. I was using a rangefinder at the, um, well, I did both rangefinder and not rangefinder on the at the mountain challenge but with that lighter setup i was not near as accurate for whatever like i think i'm assuming it's because i'm more comfortable with that trajectory of the the heavier arrow like i shot a 292 through 30 targets at the eastern oregon shoot which is not i mean it's not bad for not running a rangefinder and and you were shooting from open stakes on yeah. your hunting rig, right? Yeah, I was shooting. That's impressive. But, yeah, so, like, you know, I've shot that weight and that trajectory for three years now. So, like, if I'm off a yard or two, like, I know where it's going to be off. Like, if my guess is off a yard or two, I know where, like, I know. Oh, it's like, oh, that must have actually been 35 instead of 37 or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I, yeah. depending on where I hit, like, it's like, oh, I misjudged that one. And norm like a lot of the time I'd judge long for whatever reason. Like I just need to start shooting shorter than what I guess first because mm-hmm. I usually judge long. But speaking yeah, of uh something I found interesting. <laughs> Watch this segue. Speaking of lighter arrows and Garrett. Yes. <clears throat> Tim Gillingham. Uh, <laughs> here we are I was wanting to go over this because you guys had an interesting conversation on one of these Facebook forums and and uh Tim's a very renowned, very uh, uh, outspoken archer. Yes. Very talented and, shooter. And, yeah, yes. very talented shooter, very well-known. And uh, you guys are on opposite ends of the fence there. And someday I'd love to just talk to him about light arrow setups, but I have a guy here locally that's on the same mind, is uh, Tim Gillingham, very awesome hunter, great hunter, very successful, uh, rosy hunter, even with an extremely light setup, shoots very far. Um and he gets it done. However, both yeah. these guys are extremely good shots. Better right. than nine out of ninety-nine guys out of hundred. They're gonna 
they're going to yeah, beat them. For sure. That's the, uh, that's the part that I think people forget about. And I think, <laughs> I mean, I have as much respect for Tim as I can, but I think that's the part that, like, it's like uh, Jeff Bezos trying to tell somebody that makes twenty five grand a year how to budget. Like he he's so far removed <laughs> from that world that that's it's not a good possible. analogy. Well, talk talk to me and give a give a paraphrase what the conversation was and where you guys differed because I I love hearing different mindsets and 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 I I don't get two shits what other people do. I just want yeah. them to do the best thing for them. So because th- there is he's on one end of the spectrum that we are not talking about on this podcast. We've been talking pretty heavy, high FOC. Yeah. Uh, give give the paraphrased and, and and kind of go over that real quick because I, I love hearing different mindsets here, and, and you guys obviously talked at pretty good length um, so, about arrows and stuff. <laughs> we, can, we can do that. Yeah. So his <laughs> – And I got to – while you're doing that, give me one second with my dogs here. Okay. Yeah, you're good. So to paraphrase, his argument is usually that the average hunter should shoot a lighter setup in case they range something wrong. Um, maybe I should re-say that. Okay. okay. Yeah, try it again now. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say it again. Uh, so the for Tim, his main argument is that the average hunter archer should shoot a lighter setup in case they miss range, and that way they are going to be they're, they'll have more forgiveness if they guess their yardage wrong but uh his main gripe about people that shoot heavy arrows is that heavy arrows and high foc is that we're preparing to miss but on the same hand he will say that someone should shoot a light arrow and mechanical because it's going to be more forgiving for a shot towards the rear and it's more forgiving in case they range like if they guess their range is wrong but that's a that's the same thing on different ends of the spectrum like that's both preparing to miss in that's a good point. different ways that's good so point. i uh you know um well tim and i are really good friends in case in case you didn't, you I, didn't know i genuinely uh, like him and i li- I, I have learned a lot of things from him when he's yeah, like yeah, when oh, he, he'll yeah. say things i'm like oh that makes sense but yeah at the same and, time it doesn't make sense because yeah well what about this? i've heard I've heard that when uh, I, I'm not really one to keep up with the like 3D with the professional circuit, but I've heard that like when he goes to shoots, like he has uh, you want to talk about spreadsheets, like I guess his his like cut card or whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. that tells you your your cuts for your different angles is just like it out of out of control. Um, so I'm I'm sure he's an extremely OCD guy when it comes to stuff like that. But I think where Tim might be removed on top of being uh, an incredible shot is he has a 33 inch draw length. Yeah. So, and, and, and this presents two problems. One, if Tim ever wanted to shoot, I, I don't think Tim has probably ever shot like truly high front of center arrows because with a he, good reaction. He, yeah. Yes. Yes. With a, with a, with a well-tuned reaction or with a good reaction or proper reaction, uh, because you basically need, the f- most full length arrows that you can, I mean, he probably needs at least full length arrows on his draw length. If he's not shooting like some crazy overdraw, I say, yeah, uh, not to shoot an overdraw, but yeah. Uh, and he does shoot uh, an overdraw, which he wouldn't be able to shoot an organ. Uh, oh, oh, even or- overdraws are, are illegal for Ed to hunt an organ. Last time I checked, I didn't That's know wild. that. I didn't, huh? Well, I don't ever have to worry about that. <laughs> yeah, no, no. 
Uh, my T-Rex arms. Yeah, I, um, <laughs> I saw this T-shirt the other day that said uh, short, or, uh, it was a short arms instructor, and it had a T-Rex, and he was just waiting. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, but but I don't, because uh, Tim has talked about, uh, I think he, he said he like, tried to build a high front of center arrow, and, and if I'm remembering the conversation correctly, it seemed like it would have been way too... Uh, week for yeah. what he was for what he was trying to do, and it's like, well, of course you he was saying that, that it didn't experience. group well, it wasn't flying right. well, and mm-hmm. it's like, well, you had it on way too weak of a spot, and knowing what his right. bows are, it's like right. that yeah, that would be like it would be the you just loaded up the front meat. of your normal arrow. Like, yeah. yeah, I tried right. to throw two hundred grains on the front of a four hundred and shoot it out of a seventy pound bow. It's not going to work. Yeah. Right. So, and, and I think the second part that um, that just like disconnects him from it is he wants he wants speed, and there you know that you can you can certainly I think you're a uh, um, G Dub you're a you're a good testament to that that you can find a mix of speed and good front of center and you're shooting you know two eighty plus and you're encroaching on fifteen percent, uh, but for him to get high front of center his speed would have to drop considerably because his the gpi on his shafts would skyrocket because right. he would have to shoot a 200 spine 150 170 spine yep. uh, arrow right. which would add uh, a minimum of 50 to 100 grains probably just on the shaft right uh, uh so um i think you know like i said i don't i don't have anything against him until he starts telling people that you know uh, uh things can't be done or shouldn't be done when we have people that do them and we do them ourselves all the time. Uh, and, but like I said, I think, I think he just has a disconnect because he is, uh, an, a physical, uh, freak, uh, in a, in a good way. <laughs> um, and, uh, and it's just difficult for him to, to do that. And, you know, if, if I had a 33 inch draw length, I, I, probably wouldn't be shooting super high front of center either because I have a lot of ass behind that arrow. So, whatever yeah Yeah, so i do agree with his main argument of like just so the thing that kind of set me off on one of the posts the other day was that it was a guy specifically asking about foc like yeah he wanted specific answers and the answer that he was given was just slap a hundred grain head on it and go shoot and then he kept saying like regurgit just regurgitating the same thing of well you just need to shoot better first it's like well (laughs) <laughs> yes, you do need to be able to shoot well. And for a lot of people, like in a lot of situations, a heavier arrow and FOC and whatever broadhead you want, it's not going to matter provided you hit your spot that you need to. But if you don't, and once that arrow leaves your bow, you're no longer in control. So, right. Well, and one you thing that save yourself I, somewhere. I wanted to point out is like a big thing that not not just tim but a lot of guys fall back on is you know oh you need to shoot you know practice more you need to you know make a better shot and from i guess what i've seen personally uh and like the data that like um uh sean right from cali chronicles shane shane uh shane shane um like Shane Simpson. I mean, the majority of stuff that he had data on was le- like lethal placement. Yep. There was just a lack of penetration. So, what do you say? He said ninety. Per- I'm. I'm I, I was trying to remember. Here, 
I'm I'm pretty sure he said 90% of the tracks that he went on that the arrow entered somewhere into the thora- into the thoracic cavity. Yeah. Which like if you get an arrow in there, that animal should probably die. Right. Uh, uh, but uh, 90% of those calls that he was on, that's they needed a, a tracking dog. So. And, yeah. I mean that's like the the pigs that we were shooting testing those broadheads. I mean we had a guy guy's a sharpshooter. Uh, the only guy that wasn't running like our type of setup, um, he was kind of our our like potential control in our our little test environment. But he pinwheeled this two hundred and like eighty two hundred eighty five pound pig, hmm. just perfect like slight quarter away, just pinwheeled. If that arrow had penetrated, it would have just sliced that heart apart. He got like three and a half, four inches. Hmm. Do you and, not get through that little like armor plating they have on that side? And there that's these, these pigs didn't even have shields. Oh, they really? Big old no, yeah. farm pigs. <laughs> oh, farm pigs. <laughs> oh, is that that hunt? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's that hunt. Okay. Yeah. But like <laughs> even on that, so it didn't have a shield, but you had, I mean, you have a, a decent thickness of skin. You had like, on most of those pigs, you had upwards of an inch of, like, hard fat. And then you had a layer of muscle, and then you had these big, thick ribs. He made a perfect shot, and he was tickling the, the onside lung. <laughs> you know, and that's, granted, that was a three-blade rage, so a very inefficient head. Right. But... It it's not the only time that I've seen something like that, and it's not the only time I've had someone tell me that I you know I made a perfect shot. Like we we had it on camera. I can see where the hole's at. Like it's still running around. It's got a hole right where you want to hit it. Yeah. Well, it's you like know? that. The hogs are freaking tough. I shot my first. Oh, yeah. hog A couple weeks ago, and it was like, how are you still going? Like how? <laughs> yeah. Like what they, they is going, going on yeah. here? Yeah. Yeah, Bob shot one through the, uh, I want to say it was like the spleen. It destroyed the liver, got the back of the um, offside lung, and that sucker went uphill like 200, 250 yards Jesus. and then just and just tipped over. Mm-hmm. I was like, what the hell? A straight uphill. No no side hill, just boom, uphill. And then uh, – Good old death uh, run but went uphill. Dude, it was insane. I was like, <laughs> what in the heck is going on here? And the, and the uh, pig didn't bleed that much either. Um but I was like, what in the hell? It's kind of scary because I lost a, a hog before that. Um, and I thought I'd smacked it right in the heart. But I think I was, if it was an inch away, I'd be shocked from the heart. Mm. I mean, it was, man, it was right there. It looked like a heart shot. And then he just kept going and going and going. And then I think mm. I was, I think I was just low of the heart. Yeah. Um, but that, that was a heartbreaker. But that's on that freaking goddamn Bowtech that exploded <laughs> on me uh, <laughs> multiple times. And, I was talking to a buddy of it. I'm like, I was getting some pretty weird sporadic arrow flight. And before I left, I, I, I tuned the bow myself, and I had broadheads and field points touching. Granted, they were only at 20 yards, but they were, like, just literally shaft to shaft. Lucky I didn't shave a vein off. And uh, 
I, I get out there, and I know I've told this story already. I'm getting them on my soapbox again. But I get out there, and then uh, <laughs> it's it's okay. You said shaft to shaft, which shaft is going to be a, gra- a, a great drop for us. <laughs> That's in that, the future, that could be so the title like, of the podcast too, right? Shaft, <laughs> shaft to shaft. Yeah. Oh Instead my of doing Lord collaboration video or collaboration <laughs> podcast, we're going to shaft to shaft podcast. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, but I was getting just horrible broadhead flight. You know, I'd be at 60 yards, I'd be a foot low, and 70, I'd be a foot high, and I'm like, I. Jeez. I was getting I was getting 40, 40 to fifty yard groups using four to five different broadheads, um, you know, just different broadheads, and then I I'd, I'd hold groups pretty damn well out to that range, and so I was like, I just need to get the bow back to where it was, and then apparently I didn't. But I was talking to my buddy, and he's like, Well, those limbs failed right after that hunt. And he's like, What if they were changing throughout that hunt? What if those limbs were getting just different yep. deflection throughout that hunt, and then that was just Oops. throwing you off? I'm like, Sounds plausible. Very possible because that hog I did kill, I barely hit. I didn't make it inside the thoracic thoracic cavity, whatever the hell you call it. I didn't make it inside the sweet zone, and hmm. it went through the brisket and died. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, you said you thought yeah. it had a heart attack. I swear to God, I think that's <laughs> you what scared it to death. I think we scared it to death. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think I left off. <laughs> Sorry, we had to all take a pee break. So, uh, I think I left off. Uh, talking about the maybe the deflection of the limbs was changing or something, or because it splintered pretty soon after the the. No, long story short, it was splintered within a hundred shots of the hunt. I mean, pretty easily with probably within fifty shots of the hunt. So, I'm not making excuses, but Austin, my buddy Austin Garrett knows Austin. Um, he was oh, he was talking about that. Yeah, Kincaid. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know that yeah. that could be it. And it, w- it would make sense, man. I mean, if your if your deflection changes even a little bit, you have yeah. a, you've you've not only is your you know the bow casting the arrow differently, you're getting a different dynamic reaction out of the well, arrow. Well, the way well, he was so, explaining yeah. it was like you know it just didn't randomly happen. He's like there was shit leading up to that mm-hmm. to where mm-hmm. that that limb was remembering being stressed at that point, and and he thinks it's it's multiple things that are that are making the limbs go bad, and I, I think he's probably right. It has to do with the. Uh, rockers and a bunch of other things and just the angles and I, I i don't know he he's much more of a technical guy when it comes to that kind of stuff but what the way he was describing him like that's very possible because i those those arrows were freaking just smoking the bullseye at 40 50 yards with whatever broadhead i threw i threw on there it didn't it didn't matter and uh so long story short <laughs> i guess we can get into this because i haven't even talked about it no one really even knows on my end um about me getting the new bow and stuff um, if you guys yeah, want to get into yeah, this yeah. shit, so. yeah, yeah, way. go for it, man. Um, <laughs> so I'm par- <laughs> I'm not going to throw anybody under the bus. You guys can all make your your own judgments. Um, uh, and and I kept it very very nice because you know I didn't know if it was my fault or not. Told I was told it was. Uh, but long story short, I had the bow and uh, the top cam uh, started hitting a little slow. So I'm like, what the hell? You know, like I I was chasing my arrow and I'm like, okay, so something's going on. And uh, so I'm like, I bet the timing's off or something. So the top cam, um, I think, was out of time or something. One of the cams was out of time. So I put it in the press. I was gonna, I was gonna change it. And uh, being really, really kind of a big pussy about pressing it because I'm, I'm not. I wouldn't say very experienced. Start. I'm learning how to press the bows and stuff. Right. I, I anything besides pressing a bow and doing string stuff. I can do any other maintenance or tuning period. That's why I've I, I've gotten good at the tuning aspects because I don't have a press. So I've had to I've had to really figure out all this shit on my own. But right. and so now I'm learning how to do all that stuff, being super ginger about it and got it perfectly inside the press. It's an approved press. Press it and then I'm getting to the point where I'm checking to see if I can get the cables off the posts, 
Can't really do it yet. Press it a little farther, and then pop, pop. I'm like, uh-oh. Okay, this is not good here. I've already replaced limbs on here. And, uh, and by the way, the, the limb splintered um, prior to that. Uh, so the, the new solid oh, The core, limb splintered and then the thing? The limb or? splintered after the hunt oh, prior okay. to me putting it in the press. I gotcha. So I already had a new set of limbs, T38s. Uh, Mike um, had set up aside for me at the pro shop. And these are the in-house factory or the in-house uh, laminated limbs. These aren't the solid core ones. And he said these ones were much better than the solid core ones uh, from his experience. And so, uh, long story short, I'm messing with this bow knowing that I'm probably just going to replace the limbs here soon anyways. And uh, it goes pop, pop. So I undo it. And then I'm, like, pulling it back just a little bit just to see if I can get anything. And then I kind of feel this click, click. I'm, I'm back about four, three or four inches on the draw. Just a little click, click. Mm. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to draw this cocksucker back. I'm going to put, yeah. <laughs> put it in the draw board. And uh, so I now my bow tech's watching me at this point, and uh, he just had his thumb ripped open and broken and in two spots by a destroyer 350 that was in a drawboard, and um, <laughs> which blew up <laughs> on him. And uh, so he's standing like 10 feet back. The guy working on the bike is like hiding behind the spokes of his bike, <laughs> and he's watching me. And I'm like this. <laughs> I'm like gingerly working the drawboard back and i get it back to about probably halfway and then it, it just explodes on me and uh i'm like shit i just blew up my bow i'm like it had to be something i did i'm a freaking idiot and uh the cam levers uh one of the cam levers broke exactly where the screw goes in so basically it split the the threads in half so you, you had one side of the threads here and per, two perfect half moons right that's that's exactly where it split the cam lever is the part of the cam that actually uh, mounts the the cam onto the limb. If for guys that are wondering, that's yeah. the function. Tech has their what is that? The overdrive cam. Mm-hmm. Overdrive yeah, binder. That's overdrive, how they're. Overdrive that's binary. how this stuff attaches to the limb. Yeah, yeah. It's instead that. of going instead of you know all the other boats, they've got an axle that runs through the limb. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah and this a has a kind of a it's kind of a it's got a skinny part, and then it kind of gets into a big fatter part, and that's kind of where you're pressing it, and you're putting it in the, in the fingers of the press there. Yeah, and uh, it. I'll be damned. It freaking broke right there on one of the cam levers. And so um, I I immediately get on the phone with my buddy, uh, Corey Miller, and I order an Evoke 31. <laughs> and so, uh, I do not blame you. So, yeah, I, I'm like, I'm, I'm done with this thing. And then I um, get a hold of Bowtech, and, and uh, they're like, okay, we'll take care of you. You know, it sounds like you pressed it wrong, but we'll take care of you. We'll make sure we get you out the door. And, oh, gee, thanks. Yeah, we'll, we'll take care of you. So, um, you know, I've heard that that has – been a possibility that i i pressed it wrong or i pressed it too far i know i didn't press it too far so possible that i pressed it wrong even though by everybody that i've talked to and showed how i pressed it said no um <laughs> you know Botex, you didn't yeah uh <laughs> the, the another thing is is that the from other guys that i've talked to says you know the the cam levers could have been over tightened and uh that's causes a little too much stress on them and that's where they break is is exactly where it did if you over tighten them. Uh, but Botech says that's exactly where it breaks if you press it wrong. So, um, <laughs> convenient. We'll, we'll, we'll see. So, long story short, Botech took really good care of me. They gave me new strings <laughs> and new limbs, mounted them all and everything, and, uh, and sent me on my way. So, I basically, outside of the cams and everything there, um, the cam and the riser is the only old part of the bow. Everything else is brand new, new rockers and everything. Yeah. Well, man, I I really think Botech is like 
top of the pile right now, if you're asking me. But I think I think Botech. I think God forbid I would have said this five years ago. I think PSE is yeah. like a top three bow manufacturer right now. Yeah, dude, dude. The PSE makes well, some phenomenal Botech. Stuff. I mean, both honestly, Botech and yeah. PSE five yeah. years ago, it well, was I uh, shoot explode and Blowtech. Yeah, yeah. I, well, people are still yeah. calling it Blowtech, yeah. but stuff. those two companies are pushing the envelope where the other ones are just they're not. That's well, the SR6 PSC. is one of the favorite bows I shot this year, and now they're having issues with the roller bearings, yeah. and they're yeah. having another problem with the some sort of pin in the cams. And yeah. it, it, man, they need to figure their shit out. I am straight yeah. up not happy because I suggested the SR6 to guys based off of when I shot it. I'm like, dude, I love, I really like this bow for a speed bow. It's very shootable, you know, it holds well, great valley, very solid back. I just really liked it. And uh, it, it was between that one and the Evoke 31 for me, um, only because I hadn't shot the Evoke 34 yet. I'm pro- that probably would have been my top choice. But um, And then now I'm seeing guys, you know, just replacing bearing after bearing after bearing and then other problems with them. And then there, some guys are having yeah. tuning issues. Um, it's like, Jesus Christ, you know, what's going on here? Because the, sure. the guys at the yeah. pro shop here in Oregon, they will take care of you. The factory pro shop, they will take care of you, even if mm-hmm. it's your fault. Um they will take care of you. However, uh, it's like a vortex. You know, they have a great warranty because you're going to freaking need it. So, <laughs> yeah, in my opinion, and I own vortex. Um, I'm, and Matt, I am so I am sorry. That you're using a vortex rangefinder. <laughs> I saw that comment and I was like, <laughs> I, I, hey, hey, I like my my vortex. Man, I, I my, all my I buddies that in have the minority, them, I, I guess. <laughs> uh, but I guess, yeah. In in five years of using my Vortex rangefinder, I have not had a reason to dislike it. Have you used like, a Leica? I have not used a Leica. I've That's used why you haven't disliked. <laughs> so you will throw your Vortex. <laughs> you will throw it in the garbage. Icon, I've used a handful of others, but. I have not used yeah. Leica. See, I have a, I have a loophole and it hasn't failed me yet. But as soon the as RX it does, it's getting trashed. Or something or what? Uh, no, I've got the archery one. Oh, okay, yeah. So it still reads good to like 800, 900 man, yards. My buddy's vortex won't range through fog worth of shit. Like I know a lot of them won't, <laughs> but his like is horrible. It's slow. You can't see what you're ranging at um, until it actually shows the range on his. And I've messed with all the settings and I can't figure out how to get the crosshairs to show up. It, it it ranges and then it spits the crosshairs out with the yardage. It's like something's funky going on with his range finder. Yeah, that, that's odd. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, his is it's super slow. I don't know how yours is, Rob, but his is super slow. It it doesn't range worth a shit. Um, it's everything I you could think of being bad with a range finder. His is. Hey, well, his is. yeah. That's I also have seen a huge dip in quality for Vortex in like the last three years. Because they used to, like, almost everything, like, all their binos and everything were made in Japan. Are and they now really? They're, they were. They're oh. not now. They're made in oh. China now. Yeah. See, Japan's not bad. Mm. Japan actually has yeah. some. But, like, so, like, the older ones, the guys, the ones that people don't have problems with, yeah. made yeah. in Japan, right on the bottom. Well, and, and well, that's the honestly. The stuff that people are having issues. All of my Vortex stuff, aside from one of my rifle scopes, um is all probably more than four or five years old. Yeah. I mean, my binos, my rangefinder, my my spotting scope. I mean, I guess between my wife and I, we've both been Vortex dealers. 
So yeah, you know, you get a good price when you're. They've got good good product. Like their glass, I like. (laughs) It's just their rangefinders I shit on. Like I I just can't stand their rangefinders. But their glass (laughs) for the money is is is. I'm pretty good. I mean, it's really wanting to play with Maven. Speaking, Garrett, uh, have you played with your (laughs) B5s? Yeah, they are fantastic. Yeah, I have the. I bought the Maven 18s. The B5 is it, a, is it the Maven just a Brunton or something like that? Or weren't they an old company that just changed names? Uh, they're oh, a subsidiary really? of Miopta. Maybe that's what it is. So, yeah, so okay. That's are, what it is. Yep. yep. So company. are we saying that because Miopta like makes the, uh, the Cabela's Euro Optic line, so is the Cabela's Euro Optic stuff in the Maven the same thing? Hmm. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Interesting. It might be like tier one, tier two, tier three. Like the Cabela stuff is like the doesn't quite pass. Would be like the D Maven, series. And then the Maven stuff doesn't quite the, pass Meopta. The Interesting. C and the D. Or but. C and the B. Hmm. Well, yeah. long, long story short, shooting the Evoke 31 now. Uh, waiting to get it. I still haven't got it. Season is uh, starting on the 24th this year, Garrett, or 22nd? 24th. 24th. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so I'll have literally not hardly any time to tune and get used to that bow. So Good news yeah. is... It's an, it, are they running the Evolve cam on the, on the Evoke? Yeah. <laughs> uh, also... Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's nothing Those you can do a ton to them because they're, so it's far? all rock solid. Like, like it, it, it doesn't get out of center. No. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's. I, mean, I I heard a theory about why, and, and it kind of goes to what Rob was saying and Garrett was saying about the manufacturing is that Botex really become more popular and they've ramped up here in the last few years. And anytime you start producing, produ- yeah, the more you start producing, mm-hmm. typically the quality starts going down. Maybe they're cheaping out on some of the components, or they're just pushing well, them out too fast. And that, they that also, a lot I of mean, times, is a bigger part of it is if when you have low volume production, you, I guess, you can get away with a lot of inefficiencies because yeah, you, you have, have the time, you have the time to to, to yeah. check stuff, right? As right the volume ramps up if you don't reevaluate your processes and your inefficiencies now those inefficiencies start biting you because you don't have time and now yeah. everything is yeah. just get it out the door you know, get it out the door snapping yeah. along and stuff slips through that's and if you look at their product like ever since they came out with their limb pocket style like they're squeezing every little bit out of that that they can like they haven't made an 80 pound bow since what the cpxl i think so i think something like that and there's a reason for that like the the limb po- like it's at max efficiency with 70 pound well, limbs prodigy. They, will, they will not hold together Pro- uh, prodigy yeah the prodigy just yeah because i, I but they had with tons of, of limb problems with those too <laughs> Yeah, they had tons of limb problems with those. Yeah. Those were actually so that's when they the, the those were really good shooting bows. They were. Um, yeah, the prodigies actually were the last ones that, at least while in the five five years or so that I was with that shop, um, that's that was the last series that we really saw any issues with, um, as far as yeah. limbs. 
Um, mm-hmm. as I know that other people have still seen some yeah, issues. I've seen but it a was a lot of issues with that BTX. Like not just yours. <laughs> yeah. But I've yeah, heard I've seen nightmares a lot. And, yeah, yes. after mine took a dump on me, I it was like everybody's like, this, uh, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. It's like, yeah, everybody <laughs> just wanted to get on get on their soapbox and everything. And and so mm-hmm. I guess mm-hmm. I guess I want to ask you guys a question. So it was a budget bow challenge, right? I don't know what mm-hmm. you know if you know anything about the budget bow challenge, uh, Rob, but it was a five hundred dollar budget and okay. you bought the the complete shebang from that included release, broadheads, arrows site everything for five hundred dollars you had zero to start with and you had to go get everything for a bow setup that you need to go out and hunt okay and so i got this everything for 500 bucks and my goal was to hunt with it all year kill a bunch of shit hopefully out shoot some guys with some shoots and and talk some shit and and, uh you know just just have fun and and show people you didn't have to spend twenty four hundred dollars on a bow and and to go out and and kill stuff oh yeah and uh because i i don't like where the prices are going it it pisses me off and i was just at the fair and and uh, we would have spent forty dollars on fair yep. food um, yep. if we would have spent six dollars a piece on a large drink, which pisses me off. That's awful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, uh, and the food was shit. And long story short, getting on a soapbox here, <laughs> did I did I fail the the budget bow challenge? Since now, because I, I you know I don't care. I mean, I I kind of look at it like I kind of succeeded. I killed two animals with it, but at the same time, I didn't hit the end of the year yeah mark. well i, I mean hunt you, with it all year i guess and you knowing you knowingly rolled you knowingly rolled the dice on on getting a bow tag say you succeeded i i can i can 100 percent tell you if I, I, if I were to do it i can 100 percent tell you the bow that i would pick like <laughs> e35 e35 100 uh 100 i already have one picked out uh yeah could you get that completely uh, I, you set can, up? You, dude, you can, you can find e so you can buy e35 I, for 300 dollars. i no. just it's bought a, an e35 yeah. Oh, really? I almost so I almost bought one yesterday for yeah. and I don't need another bow, but it was like <laughs> two seventy five. Yeah. So I mean I, I had a guy trying to trade me in a revel, uh and I ended up telling him no. Um just because I heard yeah. it was kind of more of a target bow and I'm not I'm not looking for that. Yeah, it, it's mm. kinda of like their hybrid, but it's more target esque. Um Yeah. But I mean, I just picked up like a month and a half ago, uh an E thirty five as my backup and a bow to set up for more competitive purposes again. Um, but I mean, that was, um, I guess, uh, custom, custom color, custom anodized cams, custom new threads on it. Mm-hmm. And I got that to my door for 320. Now, I could buy a six pack of shafts for 60 bucks i can buy some components for 15 bucks and then i buy a pack of broadheads for 50 bucks and i guess that bow had a rest on it it wouldn't be my preferred rest but right um then at that point i guess i could (laughs) just go without a sight (laughs) yeah because you still have to buy a release i could i could could find a a site for pretty cheap and then you you still have to have a if nah. you want you still have to have a nah. quiver and stabilizer. A stabilizer. Yeah, yeah. No, you don't. Yeah, have to. it's no, a harder challenge than what it sounds is, like. Uh, you don't have it, to. It, it's not much to get but, uh, all the stu- all the stuff. Yeah, yeah. Five hundred is definitely challenging. Yeah, yeah. And I had a uh, <laughs> I wheeled and dealed on that son of a gun. I had a, uh, a two pin fast <laughs> Eddie on there. What? I had. Um, yeah, that's a 
two hundred fifty dollars. So how did you manage that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. <laughs> well, so the bow. Okay, I'll tell you what the bow originally Christmas. came with. It came with an SKB hard case. It came fully loaded. It came uh, with six gold tip hunters, six muzzies, three pack of uh, lighted knocks. It came with a whisker biscuit, stabilizer, and a quiver, which I lost the attachments to. Uh, it came with um, a two-pin bulletproof spot hog sight and uh, came with the release. came ready to hunt everything for $400. It only cost $50 to so ship that I sold SKB case. That's insane. I, I figured That's shipping one of those easy. cases would be a, at least a bill. Like, at least it was normally. The, the no. Last, um, the last yeah. time I shipped an SKB huh. with bow and everything in it, it was wow. like 70 bucks. That's pretty good. Yeah, this was 52 and change. $52 nice. and change. Hmm. And uh, so I traded. Basically, I sold the case for 120 bought the Fast Eddie for 120 Guy gave me a hell of a deal on it. And that's how I got that. And then um, I ended up just selling the arrows and everything and, and gave the broadheads away, gave the lighted knocks away, kept the whisker biscuit. And, and that's how I ended up with what I was. And yeah. And yeah. So, um, but it was, it was hard. And and, and the only part I got stuck with that I absolutely hated was the <laughs> gosh darn release. It was just a freaking pile of crap. It was, Oh, okay. You know, which so is probably, this makes in my sense opinion, now because now it's a priority you, for me is having a nice Garrett, release challenged you to the 97 yard shot or whatever and you were like i'm just getting back into this i'm just getting back into this release yeah, okay yeah. it's all I'm coming full circle now <laughs> ah. yeah. that makes more yeah. sense yeah i was all excited dude. shooting that That's... hinge it, it brought it brought tears to my eyes <laughs> it was it was nice to have a nice surprise <laughs> shot instead of just like Good God, good God, good God, don't punch it, punch it. And I was like, ah, <laughs> damn it, that one got away from me. And it was just like, it was a mental, when you, mental when, just because I, battle. I, Every I shot was a mental battle. I've never battle really too. shot a hinge. I, I tried to shoot a, uh, well, I don't even know if this is considered a hinge. I tried to shoot a knock to it for a little while, uh, and I wasn't, okay, Okay. so a hinge, a hinge is a back tension then, right? Knock to it's a thumb no? release. Yeah. <sighs> no. A hinge, hinge is a hinge. A hinge is a hinge. <laughs> okay. It's just I a don't know sear. It's just a with a hook. Oh. Yeah. Oh shit. Okay. It just goes know, off a rotation. It just, it just <laughs> Yeah. So a lot right. of times like if you watch my elbow what I do is if you watch my elbow it'll kind of pull my hand huh. back and that's how I'll, uh, there's so many ways to shoot yeah. it. There's Yeah. I I've 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 messed around with relaxing my index finger holding yep. this one so it kind of pivots that, that's like my that. Preference. Yeah. That for me doing that with the elbow cuz if I do the uh I have mine pretty hot, and if I relax mm. my my uh, index finger too much, my peep starts going up a little yeah. bit. Hmm. And that's this, so the trick I, is finding the right level of tension. And I guess like mine, because I do this with I have a, a backspin, and I have a stand thumb release, uh, hmm. the uh, SX three, and it's like my SX three that I hunt with. I have pretty much set up to like zero travel but <laughs> fairly cold so it's heavy oh and so that's i wrap once i'm anchored i wrap my thumb i get a steady pressure and then i just slightly relax start letting my hand kind of relax and it pops that's how i should have thumb releases is, is relaxing it's super consistent for me like that with no 
punchiness with no I'm not thinking about activating. It's hmm. you know but it's kind of a combination. If I if I do too much like true pull through, I expand too much. I th- I throw. That was I struggled with that for like a year trying to get into back tension. I just yeah. Like everything I was get just it. There's throwing. I get it. I mean, honestly, the hinge has been such a game changer for me. It, it the the there's been a few things in in my archery journey that have taken me to the next level. Yep. The Halon Six was my first nice bow that took me to the next level because I shot, um, I think it was 18. And, and if you guys are wondering how I came up this number, I, I tracked it, uh, about <laughs> 18 to 20,000 shots. Cause towards the end, I quit tracking it 18 to 20,000 shots starting on January 24th to the beginning of hunting season, which was that August. Um, yeah. and that, that was the year that I also tried shooting, um, for the, for the record, um, longest shot and everything. So oh, I, did you I see was some dude just made 500 yards today. What? I didn't see that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was shooting 330 and it was all I could do to Yeah. I mean th- there's an old dude online shooting from the hip. Um shoot there's shooting a dude, the bow from the hip. There's a guy that uh yeah, he shot 500 yards to, accurately. He hit a like a big like one of the big Bosu balls, like the full Bosu ball thing, like the no. Exercise ball. See, in order to actually break the record, you have to submit for permission. Basically, you have to let them know. You have to have news coverage. You have to have signed sworn statements, and then you have three chances to beat it after you make the official attempt. So, hmm. um, I practiced, 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 and and uh, not to get on a, a rabbit hole here, but I was hitting it three uh, one uh, average one shot on target. The first uh, or the, the the three previous groups to before that. Um, and then I, I announced it as soon as I fucking announced it. Oh, the wind started blowing pretty good. And, uh, they're like, you want to, <laughs> you want to reschedule? And I'm like, I got like 15 people here. I got the news camera right over there. The new girl right there. And we're going to do it. We're just going to force it. Just and, gonna you silly. I'm it. just going to send it. I'm just going to send it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was that meme. And, uh, I missed it on my last arrow by a foot. I mean, it was oh, just, man. yeah. It, the, both of them were in line, but short. And then uh, I'm like, okay, I know right where to aim. Poomp. And then that wind picked up, and it just carried my arrow probably another hmm. three feet to the right. And it's a big target. It's a 42-inch target. Yeah. Which I think <laughs> they should change that. It should be in MOA. Um, in my opinion. <laughs> but. <laughs> so, anyways, that's that's where I'm at now. And, uh, yeah. So, we'll see. That's Yeah, I, ne- I never had. Huge, well, man, I... Huge. Oh, I, you haven't maybe, shot with a hand. You know, like I said, I, I guess all I shot, I've shot is a thumb release, but I I threw my wise guy in the drawer because I knew uh, it was going to take some getting used to, and I shot, and I shot, and I shot, and, like, I shot okay. Like, it, I didn't shoot horrible. And one day I was like, mm, let me get out the wise guy again. And I just absolutely destroyed groups at like 50, 60 yards. <laughs> and I was like, I, I can't, yeah, I'm like, I can't, I can't ask for more You're than like, this. like, hello, hello uh, old friend. And, and <laughs> so, yeah, I, I sold that knock to it to yeah. uh, some kid at Shields. So, yeah. Mm. Well, I, I got back before my bow exploded, um, which has been a uh, common statement I've been saying way too much lately because um, <laughs> it's been multiple times. But, uh, you know, I had this idea. I was like, oh, I'm going to shoot uh, live, a live video because I was averaging like it. Uh, I think it like was it 80. Did you watch that video, Garrett, where I shot a seven inch um. group? <laughs> 
It was a uh, hundred yards. I was. I think averaging, I did see it. Yeah, I was averaging like yeah. uh, it was after I. Posted <laughs> I think I did because you. Yeah, yeah, you did a live video. You're like, that's not as good yeah. as I wanted. It I to be. <laughs> uh, I had one right there, like right almost in the bullseye. It was just right there. But I was averaging like three to four inch groups at a hundred yards that day, and I was like, I'm gonna do this on live. And then I shot a seven inch group. I'm like, God dang it, you know, like <laughs> like never mind. Yeah, and everybody's like, Oh yeah, I'm like, you know, best guess gets a sticker of how close the you know, they are to the group, and everybody's like two inches, three inches. I'm like, Fuck yeah, you know, I'm gonna make everybody look good here. And then my buddy gets on there. Bigger than the size of your hand. (laughs) 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 Fucking asshole. I'm like, yeah, you want a sticker afterwards. Bastard. But, uh, yeah. Uh, So, anyways, well, this has been going on for uh, hour and and 42 minutes. Let's wrap this thing up, guys. So, Uh, uh, how can can my audience uh, We're on Facebook and Instagram, Lethal Podcast. Oh, God, what is our Instagram? The Lethal Podcast? Uh, Yeah. 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 yeah, we we're I, mostly active on Facebook. We yeah, do Instagram. Instagram some, I'm but sorry. There's not most of it comes from Facebook, yeah. but if we start getting more, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I don't know. I just don't. I don't know Instagram, much about we'll pay Instagram to it. at all. <laughs> and really, like, it's it's not as easy to interact yeah. on Instagram. So we just do more stuff on Facebook. But um, uh, but we do have a website okay. uh, that is probably going to be live in the next like two days. Just. Uh, uh, lethalpodcast.com um, we'll have all of our episodes on there along with uh, all of our recommended products and stuff like that just and we're, we're it's it's a it's a big website like I'm already I want to say I'm like 65 pages deep on it right now yeah it's big uh, and that's why like I keep I keep Holy crap! Yeah, it's bad. You're it's running bad. down the rabbit uh, hole. But but I mean, there's a, there's we're putting a lot <laughs> of good information on there for people, uh, and it's you know it's not uh, uh, it, it's it's unbiased. Uh, it's it's you know it's it's pro what works, and uh, and we're we're just trying to put info out there for people. So yeah, we have we have we have a website now, uh, or or if if you go to it and it's not accessible Perfect. yet, it will be accessible within like a day or two. I promise. Perfect. Also, uh, oh yeah, slight oh, yeah. shameless plug, and you can get it on this too, Garrett. Uh, we we have our yeah, challenge uh, going, and we have a lot of prizes for said challenge. Yes, we do. I, I can win uh, If you go to our Facebook page, yeah. Well, hell, I guess we can. The if you're gonna be posting this pretty soon, posted on the Facebook. Page, yeah, God. It, yeah, let's let's do, do that. So so we're doing we're so we're doing this rules. thing called the summer shooting challenge. And <laughs> apparently, yeah, I spent sorry. too much time goofing off making the YouTube video and uh, not enough time explaining the rules correctly. So there's three classes. There's men's, women, and trad, and you get one entry per class. So like, <laughs> if you're a guy, you can one video per class, right? Well, one, so you're gonna shoot one a five video, shot group, and right. and a lot of people have been doing it live. You don't have to do it live, but I mean, hey, more 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 power to you. Well, I just I know like at my range, like That's I don't have single. Way. Like I can't, I, I can't go live. So, and and we just we want people to win these prizes. Um, like I'm not trying to make it so difficult people can't win it. Uh, um, but uh, so uh, men shoot a five group shot at uh, 60 yards. Women a five shot group at uh, 50, and trad a five shot group at 40. Men have a minimum arrow weight of 500 grains. Uh, women have a minimum arrow weight of 450, and trad is 500 as well. Uh, uh, so each arrow that you get into the pie plate or a snack plate it's like a six inch plate give or take yeah whatever you want dessert smaller plate. Pa- yeah the, smaller the small p- 
paper plate, yeah, yeah. not a dinner it's, it's plate. Not, it's not so insanely difficult. Like, MOA, like and that's that's we, yeah. we, we tried to set it up that way to where people had it had a chance uh, of getting it uh, because and because we have a, a lot of prizes to give away. So uh, if you every arrow you get in there, you get one entry. If your arrow is over the heavyweight threshold, which is six fifty for men, five fifty for women, six fifty for trad, you get two entries per arrow. So if you so this doesn't mean you get to submit two videos. You submit one video, and wherever your arrow weight is is going to dictate how many entries you get. So anyway, I do a more a much more poor job of uh, of explaining the rules in this on our Facebook page and on our YouTube video. Uh, it's it's our only YouTube video up. Uh, we're gonna do some do some more stuff here pretty soon. But <laughs> God, okay. So I'm gonna start rattling off some of the prizes. We have uh, two packs of. 225 grain tough heads we have a six pack of day six evo hds evo x hds what were they called uh evo yeah 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 um 125s yeah we got six packs yeah we got six pack of those um a dozen serious apollo shafts uh a six pack of grizzly stick tdt's a uh, pack of grizzly stick broadheads and we also have five $50 gift cards from Ethics Archery for components or whatever else you want to get. So, and I'm probably missing out on another prize in there somewhere. Uh, but yeah, it's over a thousand dollars worth of prizes. So, hey, that's that's what I'm saying, man. Get I'll in, take get those, in on uh, it. Day six off your hands. I, I know, I know. And then uh, yeah, Brian, Brian hooked <laughs> it up what, on that's that. That's what I'm he using was, right was now. Like, hey, can you like send us some stuff? He was like, yeah, I'll send some broadheads. I was like cool what are you gonna send he's like how about a six pack of these i'm like oh, okay so <laughs> like, these these may not these, these may get lost in shipping and just stay, stay here uh but now now i've now i've spilled the beans so yeah but no, it's, it's a lot of a lot of good prizes uh so yeah uh people should get in on that and try and win some stuff yeah. but yeah I'll, I'll do oh, it you do. There is there is one um, additional. You know, you yeah, so box, I mean, I'll just do so it. each class gets a winner, yeah. and there's going to be one winner, uh, regardless of how many arrows you get for the funniest video submitted. So, be safe. Like, don't do something like really stupid. But if you like, you know, bonus points if you go and shoot in a banana hammock or something like that'd be be hilarious. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> don't give carter any not where my mind was going but <laughs> if you do it at a public range that'd be even funnier yeah <laughs> and that I, might also I be that you can't up. come yeah. back to the range <laughs> yeah yeah it's on our facebook well that's awesome guys that's uh and that's on your facebook yep perfect well if uh if you guys want to go, be sure to check that out, and uh, I'll I'll submit my entry here as soon as I can. I don't have a bow right now. Yeah, so yeah I, got tra- I got some trad bows. You have until the twenty fifth. Yeah, something like that. You have until August twenty fifth. Okay. You got time. Yeah. Well, I, I won't have my bow for another week. So. <laughs> well, you can, you'll have time. <laughs> yeah, do it. Man. I'll just practice with my trad bow. I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Mm. That's you get as many, I, like I, I wasn't. Many I, was, I, like, as you I told people in the video, you get the like, shoot as many times as you want plate, to, like so. record as many times as you need to. Like I don't care. Like it, it doesn't matter to me. Exactly. Just <laughs> so. upload the one you want to count. Well, man. I well yeah. well the, well. Everybody's I tell you what, like the people the people that have lived it have done really well. Like 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 they've done really really well. So I mean, more kudos to them. I'd be sitting there shooting five shot groups all day until I got all of them in, and that's the one I'm uploading. But. Uh, yeah, man, the people that Facebook lived it so far <laughs> are freaking crushed it. Yeah, so props to yeah. them. 
All right, guys. Well, I appreciate you for coming on the show, and I'm going to upload this here probably this week. So um, hopefully you guys can that listen to this can get entered in your giveaway and, and start checking your podcast Absolutely. out. Thanks for having us, man. Appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, appreciate no worries. It. Appreciate you. <laughs> See ya. All right, that's this episode. And uh, be sure to check out www.onpointpodcast.com and uh, click on the newsletter. Uh, sign up for the newsletter by entering your email. And uh, really appreciate everybody that does that. If you want to support the podcast, you can you can do so by going on YouTube and supporting the YouTube channel, which right now is my main revenue. Uh, you can become a patron, which I'm always needing more patrons. And uh, you could do that at www.patreon.com dot com forward slash on point podcast and really any amount goes straight straight into putting it back into the podcast or or reviews testing equipment it just goes straight towards growing the platform and is greatly appreciated um, or you can sign up for the newsletter at onpointpodcast.com there's a lot of different ways there's a lot of free ways to do it um, but if you're in a position to monetarily support the podcast that would be amazing uh, outside of that guys i will see you on the next one bye